Good evening. Um, it's been a little bit of a weird winter. I expected at least one more snow day. But at the same time, I'm kind of not complaining because it's been nice not to have terribly cold weather. Uh, I don't do well with the winter times because uh, there's not enough sun for me. So, especially today, I was not feeling real great, and whoop, God kind of hit me up the side of the head with the song choices tonight. So we're going to sing this first song here, A Shelter in the Time of Storm.
great is thy faithfulness. Father. 
not only in keeping the promises he made through that prophecy, but also when he says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. When he says, any who come to me um, will be saved. All of those things are true too. Pastor. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. It's just the reality of things. What can I say? All right, I got several things to share with you. First, uh, so but do we have a picture of a little one on there someplace that we will uh, share with you tonight? Congratulations to the site, Amelia Jane. Right? Is that right? Are they in here? Where's I thought I saw Mark in here a second ago. Amelia Jane. She was seven pounds three ounces, twenty-one inches long. This is their grandbaby. Uh, Pearson and Ashton live up north, uh, like around um, Syracuse, Indiana, so anyway. Uh, but congratulations to them, so I'll share that with you real quick. Uh, then we have several other things here to just kind of share with you. Um, Kelly Glass is Donna Glass's husband. She was ba- he was back in the hospital over the weekend, he, and uh, they're trying to get it to where they can remove. He's got a tumor that's wrapping itself around a nerve that goes to his leg, it's a, it's a uh, benign tumor, but it's still growing, uh, but it's not carrying cancer. But um, So anyway, they had to do, if you remember, we, he did a colostomy, so he's pouched, now he's got a bag, uh, and that'll be for the rest of his life. But um, so anyway, something got infected. It wasn't the, wasn't the bag or from the surgery. It was like, you know, he had a kidney infection or something, but it just took him down for and in the hospital, so uh, he's out, he's doing better, but just keep praying for them, they would appreciate it. If you're on the prayer list, you already saw a couple of these things, but uh, Doc Robinson's granddaughter, 31 years old, was in a, a severe car accident. This was last night, right? Was that just last night? Um, so um, he happened to happened to call her, and the emergency room doctor answered and said, we've been trying to figure out how to get hold of her family because we're not sure if she's going to make it through this surgery. Um, but uh, she did make it through the surgery, so she's stabilized. And she has some spiritual needs. They would ask that you would just pray for her spiritually, but seems like anyway that physically she's come through that. She's down in Florida, and so if you would pray for the Robinsons, I know that they would appreciate it. Robert got some good news with the doctor this morning, right? This, yesterday, yesterday. Um, so the doctor, everything that they're looking for is working right now. And the doctor said, if it keeps going like this, you should have years, years, plural, left. Got to keep going that way. Praise the Lord. Yeah, give the Lord a hand. That's wonderful. Uh, so we're just continuing to pray that the Lord just clear it up completely. But uh, so they, they, they're toying with, if I'm understanding this right, tell me if I'm saying something wrong, uh, but the immunotherapy uh has its pluses and its potential minuses because it can feed the cancer, which you don't want to do, right? So am I saying that right, Doc? Am I saying that? So, uh, you know, we're, you know, we're, right now it seems like they've gotten the balance out. So the next Tuesday, when do you go back to the... Okay. Okay. So if they can compare these, and if they keep getting good news, that's what we that's what we're looking for, right? So, 
Uh, they'll go back in, look at the spine after they've done the radiation, see how it's responding there, and then uh, kind of go from there. So right now, uh, the big prayer, of course, we're praying the Lord just takes all this away, but the big prayer is pain. He's still having quite a bit of pain. So, yeah. Okay. So he doesn't look like that normally. I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, he's just got a lot of pain, so he'd appreciate it. Miss Rachel uh, is uh, in a boot, and I don't mean the kind that are made for walking, but anyway, she uh, twisted her ankle. Or that's saying it mildly, probably looking at some kind of surgery. She was hiking and uh, the, the trail won. But uh, anyway, so she's also training for a mini marathon. She's like, I've trained with a boot before. I'll do it again. So, okay, go for it. Uh, that's great. So continue to pray for them. The Chiltons are some of our missionaries that we support. Uh, they do Bearing Precious Seed, and uh, Bill Chilton's wife passed away. So the funeral's going to be on Saturday, so if you would just remember them in your prayers. The Bearing Precious Seed is located down in Greenwood. So, um, And then Kathy Locke's sister passed away, and that funeral is also going to be on Saturday in Greenwood. So uh, pray for the Locks. I know that they would appreciate that as well. But Steve's going... They're leaving tomorrow, but Friday is your appointment at Cleveland Clinic, looking at his spine, seeing if they can, if there's anything that they've, they've gotten one opinion, this is really a second opinion at the Cleveland Clinic, and to get that second opinion, see if if they feel like that uh, the first doctor is giving them the right uh, things, so just to pray for Brother Steve as he's going in, they know they would appreciate that. Um, Andy Trump told us this morning that uh, his his, uh, you know, he's at that age where they're testing him for prostate cancer stuff regularly, and his numbers are up. So he goes in, I think, sometime next week to get a little more details on that. So pray for uh, Andy. Nate Perret, if you know Nate and Nina, they're the tall, slender couple. Okay, so Nate's cousin, Matt, 25 years of age, this morning woke up and coughed twice and then sneezed really hard, felt dizzy. His wife caught him, and they're probably going to unplug him tonight sometime. He uh, had a, an aneurysm that ruptured. Uh, his wife is six months pregnant. He's 25. This is their first one, so that's just a lot of things. So uh, if you would remember uh, Matt in your prayers, I know that, and Nate and Nina, I know it's a burden on all of them, and so uh, they would appreciate your prayers. Lots of things. I know I'm sorry to have to uh, put all this on you. Miss Judy, is uh, she's still battling her respiratory issues. She battles them often. Uh, she thought she was on the better side of it, came to church on Sunday, and uh, it seems to be coming back. So she wasn't at church today. So if you just continue to pray for Miss Judy, I know she would appreciate it. All right. I'm sure I'm leaving some people out, but... Uh, you guys have anything you want to share? Yeah. So um, Richard Hoke is just, you know, he's just struggling a lot. Well, you know, he's got Parkinson's, and it's really starting to take its toll. And then he's got some other issues, I think some respiratory issues that he's battling as well. All of that takes its toll on Miss Debbie, you know. So she... She just needs help. I'm just being honest with you, right? She just needs help. She doesn't have a lot of family around, and so um, anytime you wanted to just pop in and encourage, or if you 
feel like you can, pop in and give her a half an hour. Uh, that would be a wonderful, wonderful thing. Father, it's a joy to be able to be here, to know and be confident that you are a God who loves us and hears our petitions and feels and knows our burdens. And Lord, we've got so many things that we've mentioned here today. Pray that you would just uh, be with each of these folks that have physical needs, touch bodies, strengthen, heal them, remove pain, give wisdom, give doctors wisdom, all of the different things that are going on for those who have lost loved ones, be a comfort to them. and use these circumstances to draw people to you. Uh, for spiritual needs, we pray that you would touch hearts, uh, draw them to your side, help to remind them how desperately you love their souls and desire to uh, give them the wonderful gift of eternal life. We ask that you would be with our teenagers, be with our young people, be with our college students as they're meeting in other places here on the property. You just uh, uh, work in each one of those lives as well. We uh, thank you for your word and our opportunity we have to study it together and ask you to help us to grow in your grace through it. And we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Sunday, um, Pastor Brett's got the exact number, but I want to say it was 336, which is about 25 more than what we, we average about 3 to 310, someplace in there. And uh, so it was a lot. Now, we did have some visitors, you know, uh, but I'm just going to tell you, we're... This is always true, just about for every church, but, you know, 
if everyone who comes to our church came on the same church service, you know, we'd have about 350 plus, you know, that, but as is the nature of the beast, sickness, vacations, laziness, fill in the blank, you know, you get people who, you know, it's just an ebb and flow. Uh, but it was exciting Sunday, wasn't it? Exciting and what a great uh, song service that the Lord gave us, and so it was just a, it was a wonderful time. So anyway, I just want to share that with you. I thought it was a blessing. A few uh, months back, Brother Ron Yarborough uh, joined our church, and uh, you may or may not know him yet, but you need to start getting to know everybody, right? So he is a retired Baptist preacher. And I like to give people a chance when they can. So he's going to take the month of February Wednesdays, and uh, he's got so he's got four Wednesdays, three count three after this one. And so uh, here he is. He's going to come and he's going to preach this night. So come on up, brother. Thank you, Pastor. I just want to say what an honor it is to stand before you and to stand behind this podium that has graced so much, this podium and that podium, by our pastor. Isn't he wonderful? Uh, you know, the most difficult... <laughs> yeah, he paid me to say it. But, uh, uh, you know, Brother Ed and I both are retired pastors, and the most difficult person, the most difficult persons to find a church is a retired pastor because you, you've got so many, such a history of the way that you would do things and other things and you're second-guessing everything. But let me tell you, this man is a pastor's pastor and this church is so fortunate to have him. I love him dearly with all of my heart. He and, his, and Mel, they are just so precious and this church is, again, it's just wonderful to, to have him as a pastor and for him to be my pastor. I, I thank God for him. These next uh, four Wednesdays, uh, we're studying the abundant life. And there are four roads to the abundant life that I, I will be introducing you to, one each week. The first is the Damascus Road, and that's the road to conversion. And the second one is the, the Arabian Road, that's the road of growth, Christian growth. And the third one is the Antioch Road, that's the road to Christian witnessing. And the fourth is the Glory Road. And I can't wait to get to the Glory Road and to walk that road. It's a glory each and every day that God gives to us to live, isn't it? Tonight, the, the Damascus Road is the road to conversion. Our scripture reading is Acts chapter 22, verses 4 through 11. And let me share those with you at this time. This is Paul's testimony of his conversion. I persecuted this way to the death, binding and delivering into prisons both men and women, and also the high priest bears me witness, and all the council of the elders, for whom I also received letters to the brethren 
and went to Damascus to bring in chains even those who were there to Jerusalem to be punished. Now as it happened as I journeyed and came near Damascus, at about noon suddenly a great light from heaven shone about me. And I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So I answered, Who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I'm Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. And those who were with me indeed saw the light and were afraid, but they did not hear the voice of him who spoke to me. So I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, Arise and go into Damascus, and there you will be told all the things which are appointed for you to do. And then chapter 26, verses 13 to 18. This is Paul's testimony before King Agrippa. At midday, O Lord, along the road I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we all had fallen to, to the ground... I heard a voice speaking to me, saying in Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goals. So I said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness both of the things which you have seen and of the things which... I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith. And then one verse I didn't have on here is, is verse 28. As Paul was speaking to Agrippa, sharing these things, Agrippa said, You almost persuade me to become a Christian. Let us pray. Father, in these moments together, as we impart your word, may you take it and use it for the furtherance of your kingdom. And thank you that we had the opportunity to ourselves uh, walk the Damascus Road and to discover our faith in you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. The Damascus Road is the road to conversion. It's the road that is the beginning to the Christian life. The Bible says, Be still and know that I am God. And Paul experienced that to be still and know that he was God uh, on the Damascus Road. When he was on that road, he saw that bright light shining. The ones around him could see it, but they couldn't hear what Jesus was saying to him. We hear often people with near-death experiences coming back and saying, they saw a bright light. Have you ever seen a bright light? 
uh, a light shining that was so intense that in your own eyes you could see it. And that is the light of the presence of Jesus. A lot of people with near-death experiences see that light. And it reminds them of how fragile that life is. And it brings an assurance to them of the abiding faith that they have in Jesus Christ that comforts them so very much. The road convert to the Damascus road is the road to conversion. Did you know that the word repentance is mentioned excuse me, the word repent itself is mentioned seventy one times in the Bible? Seventy one times in the New Testament that, that word is used. Repent. Repent. It it comes so real to us as we hear that word. As Paul was speaking to Agrippa there, and Agrippa says, Almost thou persuadest me to become a Christian. The sad thing about that is it's almost. And it's not recorded in God's Word that Agrippa ever responded positively to the Word of God and put his faith and trust in Him. Almost doesn't get it. We have to go all the way to trust Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. And I'm afraid that Agrippa, as far as the Scriptures tell us, didn't uh, respond. It was almost he heard the Word, but he didn't take it to heart and experience conversion. Were that the, in Matthew, Jesus said, Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In Mark, Jesus said the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. In Luke, the chapter 13, the third chapter, Jesus said, I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And then he repeats it again in the fifth verse. Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Yes, the Damascus road is the road of, to conversion that is needed by every person that is ever born. You see, we are born uh, with a nature bent on sin that is inherited to us. It, it, it surrounds us no matter what. And, and you know, I won't get into the Augustinian and the different arguments on that, but I, I truly believe that we are born with that human tendency toward rebellion in a sinful manner against God. Peter said, repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. He also said, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that the time of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. The Apostle Paul said, truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all man, men everywhere to repent. And Jesus said, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. 
Therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. Acts 1 verse 15 tells us that 120 was added to the church at Peter's message on that day of Pentecost. Acts 4 4 tells us that 5,000 men were added to the kingdom on that particular day. And that's just the men. That doesn't count the women and the children that responded to the message of Peter and to the gospel and received Christ on that day. First King speaks of the still small voice that we hear in the quietness of the night. Oftentimes, the still small voice speaks to us. Do you ever wake up in the middle of the night? Did you know that that can be God speaking to you? And in the stillness of the night, he speaks at that time when it's quiet and there's no distractions of TV or radio or music, but he quickens our spirit to listen to him during those times. Some of the most precious moments are during that darkness of the night with nothing around and just the fellowship with our Lord and our Savior, Jesus. Repentance. Repentance. The road to conversion is the road uh, that begins with repentance. The fruit of repentance is evident in the fruit of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, meekness, those type things. The fruit of the Spirit is the evidence that one has truly repented. If we're truly born again, those that fruit is going to reveal itself to others through us. They're going to see it within us. That there is something different. Have you ever had someone say to you, there's something different about you from other people? What is it? Or else they may say, I can tell that you're a Christian. There's not a greater compliment that somebody can pay to you than to tell you that from, from your own manner of deportment that you are a child of God. How precious it is. When Peter was stoned to death, Saul of Tarsus was consenting to his death. Saul of Tarsus was a vile human being, a Jew who, who despised and persecuted the early church until he encountered Jesus on that Damascus road. Have you encountered Jesus on the Damascus road, that road of conversion? That's the most precious road that you'll ever in this world travel. It's, a, it's the road in which 
as that old gospel song says, I just began to live, I just began to live when Jesus came and made me whole. I just began to live. That's the important road. There's no other road more precious to us. There, there are famous roads in the Bible. Uh, Pennsylvania Avenue is a famous road. But it's nothing compared to the Damascus Road of Conversion. The road, uh, famous roads in Paris are, are nice. I love to go to Paris and walk by the, the road leading up to the Tower of Pisa, Pisa, but yet I never will. But I've traveled a much more important road than that, that road to Jesus. That's the road that he wants us to travel. That's the road that, that brings everlasting life to us. That's a road that the God of all comfort comes to us. When the, the sorrows come, the prayer concerns have been shared tonight, some, some very tragic cases that have occurred. But I believe that the God of all comfort has a way of bringing the right people at the right time, at the right place in our lives to say the right words or else to say nothing at all, just simply to be there and support us. They are not there by accident. They are there by the gift of the Holy Spirit to you and to me to comfort and to, to console us during those moments. It is so important and precious to remember that First King speaks of the still small voice that no one else hears but you. The Bible also says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all the other things will be added unto you. We live a life of abundance by making time for prayer, by reading God's Word, and by spending time in worship and community with other believers. And when we draw close to God, He transforms our hearts and our minds. Second Corinthians 9, 8 says that God is able to bless us abundantly. Abundantly. Just impossible to comprehend the abundance of it. That is, is more than we could have ever imagined. Imagine when Stephen was being stoned and he, he looked up and he said, I see Jesus standing by the right hand of God, which tells us that not one single individual child of God perishes or goes through difficult times that God isn't there. As that song says, he was there all the time. All the time he was there with us. When, when the, the darkest of times come, thanks to the road of conversion that we've experienced by repenting of our sins and saying yes to Jesus who said yes to the cross, we endure those times. And we make it 
all because of God's amazing grace. Isn't it amazing? It's so amazing, so so real. That song, Amazing Grace, never gets old. That It's either Amazing Grace or How Great Thou Art that should be the Baptist doxology because that's the most precious songs that we ever sing. God is so great, but His amazing grace is something that we can't even describe it. We just experience it. We know it because God has promised us that He will never leave us and never forsake us. The road to conversion by repentance, godly sorrow for our sins, is that road that leads to eternal life and satisfaction in Him so that we know that we are His and He is mine. And there's nothing we can do that will separate us from the love of God forever and forever. The worst criminal on the face of the earth is still an object of God's love. God hates the sin, but he still loves the sinner so much that he gave Jesus Christ upon the cross for that very worst sinner that we've ever heard of, that did, that did the very worst sign, uh, crime that we ever heard of because of God's infinite, marvelous grace that he's given to us. Yes, the Damascus Road is the road to conversion. I pray to God that everyone here has experienced that and in all probability, all of us have. And we've got a song to sing and a testimony to give of how that God, since our conversion, has, has transformed our lives. Now, I know that a little bitty child can be saved when they're four years old, and you may not see that radical change. And we all didn't have that Damascus Road type dynamic shining bright light in our eyes that Paul had experienced. But yet, we all who have experienced conversion, God appears to everyone in His own unique way just the way that we needed him to. The little children, Jesus said, suffer the little children not to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. I have a nephew that passed away about six months ago. He was born with autism. And Kevin a lot of things he was never able to do. But I tell you, that boy could play the piano like nobody's business. And he could sing uh, songs like nobody's business. And Kevin knew enough 
to put his faith and trust in Jesus. And that last 25 days that he lived, his testimony was to his, to his dad, God's going to take Kevin home to be with him because Kevin loves Jesus. And Kevin uh, put his faith in Jesus. Kevin experienced being born again. And so Kevin's going to be okay, Dad. That was so real. So real. It's interesting how that God knows just how to speak to each individual. Again, we may not all have that dynamic, bright light experience when God appears to us. But we all have an experience that you know, that you know, that you know that He gave to us. And it's just as real as, as anything that, that we've ever experienced. God bless you for being here and, and uh, tonight to share God's Word. Next week we'll be talking about the Arabian Road or the road to growth. I'm going to let you guess what the Scripture will be on that one. I'm not going to give it away tonight. But... Um, I look forward to uh, to next week. By the way, the, the the Wednesday night morning service, it was even, I think there's more people here this morning than tonight, or maybe about the same, but, it, but it's amazing that, uh, understand that, uh, that if you had both groups together, it would, it would have been far fuller tonight than what it is. But thank you. Thank you for, for the privilege to stand before you. I'm humbled to be able to do so. Let's pray. Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, thank you again for under the leadership of your spirit, a devoted preacher and Sunday school teachers and parents took time to tell me about Jesus and to introduce me to my Lord and my Savior. Bless us, O Lord, as we depart from here tonight. Bless again our missionaries who labor throughout the world as well as here at home. Bless those that have been mentioned for prayer requests tonight and concerns. Be so near to them and that dear family tonight, Father, that faces the impending loss of a husband and son and a father. Be so near to them and comfort them as only you can do. Send the right people to them as your representatives. For it's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Um, there's a thing in that passage that uh, just kind of jumps out at me, Brother Ron, where it says that um, Paul, Saul, saw the light and heard the voice. But the other guys only saw the light but didn't hear the voice. And it is an interesting concept, you know, when you get to Romans 1, you see that God has given light to everybody, right? We, can, we have the chance to respond so that we're without excuse. We have the chance to respond. 
but uh, you know we've got to be willing to hear and respond. But anyway, I thought that was interesting. Um, so it's you've got about ten minutes to pray, and I'm going to encourage you, those of you who are fast at this, because we're about uh, five or minutes or so early, uh, that you don't try to do, don't try to go get your kids out of Juana early. All right, let them do their job, let them finish. Don't try to get your kids out of the uh, youth group early. Let them do their job. Let them finish, if you would, please. So stick around in fellowship if you need to, but that would be great. But a lot of things to pray about. I know we just kind of dumped a whole lot of things on you tonight, but they're serious things. And if you would remember those things in your prayers, I know that people would appreciate it. All right? So break them into prayer groups and then dismiss yourself as you are done.